0: Yeah, there was a really sad, 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 sad Oreo. Like, right outside your apartment I building. I have no
1: explanation for that. I'm, 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 I mean, I didn't
0: think you would. I mean, it was just this half of an Oreo. Just, like, just you know, like, there, on the ground. Laying just so. Laying just so, exactly. And when I saw it, I'm like, that has to be, like, a, you know, generic brand Oreo. Because no one will throw an Oreo on the ground, you know?
1: No, but I, I, that, that's where my little, like... Um, Sherlock kicks in and like, <laughs> something terrible must have happened here. Like, who dropped this?
0: We're going to go outside. We're going to draw, uh, you know, an outline on the Oreo what? like it was a dead...
1: And was it, was it like, bitten in half? Like, did someone split it? It, it looks like it, it... Honestly, it looks like it
0: fell to the ground. And... How,
1: how does someone neglect an Oreo like that? I know.
0: Like, this might not be the best part of me, but I would totally pick it up. Unless someone was looking at me.
1: Like you would you would save your dignity you save yourself some dignity and you would just like I'm just gonna let that go. In
0: theory, I will (laughs) save There's dignity in letting food go. It's like I can just let that go. Exactly. It means nothing to me. Exactly. But I was like turning around like are they? But it's a bluff. It's it's clearly a
1: bluff. It's clearly a bluff. Like like in the movies when someone goes like, I will shoot this boy, I was like, shoot him. He's not my he's not my son. I'd be terrible in a hostage situation. Like, I would seriously say... Like on what part? Or having a hostage or, or being a
0: hostage? No, I think
1: I would be great at keeping hostages. <laughs> just...
0: let's, let's ask your boyfriend. Anyhow. Oh,
1: <laughs> ah, that is true. That it's is right true. There. Anyway. I have, I have managed to monetize <laughs> Stockholm
0: Syndrome. This is just... Yeah. Uh, so anyway, welcome to Mexicans.
1: Welcome to Mexicans.
0: Remember, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter, and follow us because there's like five followers on Twitter. It's really sad.
1: And we're two of them.
0: Actually, we're three because I have two Twitter accounts. <laughs> anyway, so let's get introductions out of the way. Uh, you, this is my co-host. You know him as the Wise Owl Professor, who knows the secret to reaching the center of a Tootsie Pop. But I know him as Luis Augusto.
1: Well. <laughs> I know, I know an approximate number of licks, if that's what you mean, but yeah. And may I introduce my co-host, Martin Leon, a man who is not quite a sugar daddy, but very much a fructose uncle. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was funny. That's why I'm here, baby. That's why I'm here. I came here for the funnies. I just came here for yeah, the funnies. Yeah, well, good. Someone's here for and that. And the
0: tortilla chips. I'm just here because I have the cell phone to record in a podcast. I'm not even needed here. Exactly. I could just... Bye. Anywho. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. It's been a while since we last recorded. It's yeah, Wow. like while. three weeks, was it? Sort something so, so, uh, yeah. like that. But we were very diligent. We were very d-
1: diligent, and we have a lot of. We had.
0: We have We had a weekly. There was. A, there was a week in which I kind of fumbled, and I uploaded the podcast late. But this is episode six, Luis Augusto.
1: I hear that our ratings are climbing. Steadily, if not dramatically. Yeah, no, the, yeah. The,
0: not dramatically. Steadily, steadily is the word. Uh, so and
1: thank you, thank you, guys. If, you, if you're listening, if, you, if you're downloading our podcast, if you care at all about anything we have to say, we 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 thank you from the bottom yes. of our hearts. And thank you. Yeah, like. We feel things That was a very
0: heartfelt moment from you, Luis Augusto
1: I know, it's not, yeah I feel I, like... I, I feel a thing And I share the thing <laughs> that I feel And I hope that This will make other people
0: uh, Make me rich You know, this is like the, the basis of... So anyway, what Luis Augusto wants to say Is that we have started a Patreon <laughs>
1: Have we started a Patreon?
0: We uh, We should so anyway, uh, anything uh, cool happen in your week, or the opposite? Anything oh, I you'd went like to a share? wedding.
1: I went to a wedding Where? On, on Saturday. Uh, I went in Oaxaca, which is southern Mexico. Beautiful city. If any of you, if any of you are listening from the states, is anyone listening from the states? You know the stats.
0: Uh, yeah, no, the stats. The stats I, I, are the I would states. need to. Pay, I mean, once we get more patron people. We we will get stats to see where people are listening from. Right now, I just know people are downloading the podcast. Well, that's that's enough and for me. And I'm one of them. That's
1: enough for me. Uh, so Oaxaca is this beautiful city, southern Mexico... Uh, it's colonial, it's just, oh, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's got these amazing museums, the food is absolutely incredible, the views are absolutely smashing, there's, you know, there's the, your standard your standard Mexican 3,000-year-old ruins, you know how it is, yes. um, it's absolutely beautiful, and the the wedding was there, and I, was, I flew down there on Friday, and I stayed there for three days until Sunday. And it was just a lot of partying and the bride looked beautiful, everyone looked beautiful. I hate weddings, I have to say. I hate <laughs> weddings I hate weddings that are out of time because I think they're a bit like, they're yeah. they're a bit like, oh, I'm so special. Come to my special day. Exactly. Spend 15,000 peso coming to my wedding. And you also have to bring a gift. And if you don't have the special, and it was like, if you don't have the special clothes that we need you to wear, then you have to rent it. And I'm like like you're not gonna you're not gonna be married Present. that long <laughs> like you're not you're not gonna be married that long like I, I'm, like seriously the clothes i've the clothes I've bought are likely gonna fit me for longer than that marriage is gonna be working right? it's just it's true like they've actually made you know, unconsciously they've done us all a favor because they've made us all make a better investment in buying these clothes than they've made an investment with each other
0: okay
1: I hope they know. It's insulting. But to expect. was this
0: a, a friend of yours? It word? was a
1: friend of my boyfriend's. It was a friend of my boyfriend's who who I really like. He's actually quite quite nice, and the the his his now wife is wonderful as well. I love. She's American and he's Mexican. It was a Mexican American wedding.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: so half the guests were American.
0: They were like, "Let's not build the wall."
1: They were like. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, but like it was a very fancy wedding, so I was like, we should not show these Americans how much money these people have because then they'll know that we can actually build the wall. Like we have these people could these people could have built the wall with the money in their bank accounts. It's just like let's have a fundraiser for.
0: Uh, And and the thing is, uh, yesterday we went to the open mic uh, at Woco here in Mexico City, and I saw Luis Augusto start writing a. Um a bit. A bit yeah. of of the of the wedding.
1: About weddings. Yeah. About
0: weddings. Uh, and it was it's really fun to watch you write actually. You is were it?
1: yeah. I don't know. It's I, I felt really awkward because most of my stand up is inwards rather than outwards. Like okay. I don't really write that much about how you know, what's the deal with airlines yeah, and what's so
0: much observational.
1: Yeah, I don't really observe that much. It's more like anecdotal and like train of thought. Well maybe you
0: got better glasses than Saint.
1: Well, yeah. But still, I mean, it felt weird because I, I never really do that. If You've seen my show. I but don't... it's good
0: because weddings, you know, the thing about a wedding bit is that it's very relatable. Like, uh, recently had a tweet blew up, which was about weddings that I said. Because here in Mexico, they just remade My Best Friend's Wedding. Because uh, oh, we yes, finally yes. caught up to the 90s as far as romantic comedies comes. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, I did a tweet that instead of remaking that movie, we should we have made a new movie called... Uh, my best friend's wedding which is at Cuernavaca which is again the city likes one hour to the south Uh and I don't want to go but I already said I was going to go and you know it's blah 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 and I don't want to cancel at the last minute so and that tweet just blew up people were like yes And since that... Yes,
1: thank you. Yes. yes. You represent us.
0: A voice for the people. This is
1: so relatable. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and at first I was like, I need to study this tweet to understand its secrets.
1: That was very good. I I remember uh, I retweeted that, actually. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And this guy just told me like, no, Martin, you don't need to say it's just a wedding. It's just relatable. It's a tweet about weddings. People will get that. I'm like, oh, Okay.
1: That was it. So maybe that's why I should just, like, sometimes I should just sit down and write a relatable bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it
0: it doesn't always Especially because, be. like, you're, you're a special brand of anger. You're like, you're, this is the highest compliment I will pay you oh. ever. You're like Bianca del Rio.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I am I am very flattered right now.
0: In like, that the, you make angry fun. Because when other people are angry, you're like, ugh. I don't want to be with that person, but when you're, you're the kind of angry that people, I want to be with him and hear him be angry.
1: Sometimes I feel it's like do me, do me. Sometimes I'm afraid of that actually because I'm like, I don't want to come come off as a as a hater, you know. Like I don't want to just like, ah, oh, he hates everything. But most of no, my comedy, don't. no, you don't. But most of my comedy is really. And high. you did
0: talk about it in the first episode how you started, uh, how you like could describe a horrible situation in a way that makes other people laugh. So that's. That's part of your success. We shall bottle that and sell it. So anyway, so this has been a while. We need to talk about our Mexican stereotype of the day.
1: Our Mexican stereotype of the day, which is, and you can take the lead on this, Mexican mums.
0: <laughs> uh, I think I'm the only person in this in podcast this with a Mexican mom.
1: But you're not the only person who has been inflicted with <laughs> a Mexican mum. And I will... Save my bit for later. Just go. Like
0: Mexican okay. Moms. Um, I well, I my mom's from Monterrey, which is northern Mexico, so she is Mexican. Uh, but like the thing is, when I see comedy about Mexican moms, because let, let's talk about the stereotype of the Mexican mom, which is you know this like the matriarch and. Uh, you know, she, he's, she's uh, big on discipline, but she's also like, oh, like there's like mama bear. You Smothering, know? yeah. Smothering. So on one hand, maybe yes, but my mom's like, you know, she's not... When I saw comedy about moms in media, I was like, that's not my mom. First of all, my mom worked for most you're of You're not life. my real mom. You're not my real mother. Damn it,
1: Tracy, you're not my real mom. Stop <laughs> calling me your daughter. Stop taking me...
0: Top topic And buy me (laughs) t-shirts That's not gonna make you cool No um, And for example Like Here's for example One thing Chilaquiles Uh, Chilaquiles are A quintessential Mexican dish Yes Yes Okay I did not taste Chilaquiles Until I was 24 years old because my mom did not like making like a lot of traditional Mexican food. Did so you, did
1: you like associate chilaquiles with like J And you were just like, I'm not going to taste that. Like, it's...
0: no, I just never. I, ne- I didn't know they existed. To be honest, you didn't know chilaquiles existed. I mean, I I've seen like dishes. This is completely foreign to Americans, but like what chilaquiles are. Americans
1: dish? love chilaquiles. What are you talking about? Really, they
0: love them. <laughs> okay, like um, the
1: the. the the last few times I've been to the states like they're uh, blowing up well I don't know if they're blowing up they're the up. next flavor like chila chilaquilla flavored I was in popcorn Chicago last chilaquilla
0: year. flavored lube
1: no actually I was in Chicago last year and actually a lot of Mexicans take take issue with like the American take on Mexican food of course I happen to love it it's not real proper Mexican food yeah whatever it's not it's Texas and I'm
0: cool with it whatever it is but anyway yeah. that's, the thing is my mom my mom she my mom's a kind of My mom's white. Let's start with that. (laughs) And she's the kind of white woman that has like a couple of uh, typical, uh, you know, embroidered blouses, you know, bought at the Oaxacan market or whatever. And she wears them when she wants to feel specially connected to her roots. Um, She does have Mexican roots. uh, Yeah, I suppose. I mean, her last name is Bermea and Bermea is a Spanish last name. Uh, and there's like five vermeas in all of Mexico, and we're all related. Um, I never really saw the connection with a stereotypical Mexican mom or Latino mom you see on television right. and my mom. And especially on this one thing that I did not get, which is uh, La Chancla. Oh, right. Uh, there's this thing yeah. with uh, that every every Mexican American comedian does as a bit. It's um, it's a thing, apparently. It's a thing. It's It's like, it's la chancla, you know, it's like, you take your flip-flop, because that's a word in English, flip-flop, and then you throw it at your child, because child abuse is funny.
1: It is. I mean, to to be fair, to be fair, child abuse is funny. I tried to make,
0: no, sorry, finish. It's
1: just, I don't know, I mean, okay, so the idea that... Mexican mums will use corporal punishments in, but in a very kind of slapsticky way. Yeah. And I know it's kind of like a slippery slope of, oh, but child, you know, you can't hit a child and whatever. It's like, I grew up fine and I was, no. <laughs> no, but. Did you though? No, it's, but it's, it's a joke that has permeated like yeah. the entire, like it, Pixar did Coco. Yeah. Was it two years ago? Did Coco two years ago? And there was a Chancla joke yes. in there in the first five minutes. And yeah. it was, and it was funny. And it was a funny joke because, like, the grandmother just throws the yeah. changla at some 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 fencer. Yeah, a mariachi fencer, and she throws it. And then she goes, "Now go get my shoe." Like, yeah. just, which is what what a maybe. yeah. No, that
0: that is that is the joke. I did not find it funny because I'm just done with the changla jokes, and I was done with them ages ago. Like, I right. like um, I did try to do a joke about it once, which is my mom never did that because if my mom did that, I would have you know I, I would have incurred. Actual, you know, like head damage because my mom actually wore high heels. You know, it would have been stuck in my brain somehow.
1: Martin Leon's <laughs> mother did not use la chancla; I used la boutin Ah, yeah, was <laughs>
0: like, yeah. uh, that wasn't. I should have done it. Why? Where were you? That's, where were you when I you started made, doing stand-up?
1: And that's how you make a homosexual. <laughs> 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 mom, please don't hit me. But that is a lovely
0: heel. Actually, um, my I we had uh we had some cousins whose mum. Uh, actually, did hit them with a belt. Yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> That's not funny. That's but what is funny. funny is that one time they were at a restaurant and they were doing. We were we were being little brats because we were all there. And then one of uh one one of the cousins did something, broke something, and my aunt just like stood up like just to like stop or anything, and my cousin just fell to the ground and screaming, "No, don't whip me! No, don't whip me!" In the middle of, of
1: my a restaurant. And nobody batted an eyelash. No, no, no well, was... you
0: know, people were just like thinking, well, like, um, you know, you know w- there's weird things kids say. But they were all staring at my, at my aunt like, you horrible woman.
1: Somebody must have been thinking, you should hit him. Like, just, <laughs> "Like, you should. Sure? Like, clearly you're not doing it enough.
0: You know? Exactly. <laughs>
1: clearly it's just and not. And how me. have
0: Mexican moms been inflicted on you? Well,
1: I'll tell you. My mom is Peruvian. So she is Latin American. She mm-hmm. is very much a Latin American mom. But in Peru... As far as I can tell, mums are different in the sense that they're a bit more independent. They're a bit more like just letting you be. But also, okay, here's the thing. My mum, I don't know if this is a Peruvian thing. I hope it's not. But my mum, she would be overprotective of, you know, the danger. You know, She would keep me from the dangers of the world. But she would actually put me in those dangers in in the first place. Like, she was like... (laughs) She had this thing. She had this thing, my mum, where she would like every time uh, I would I would obviously um ride um, you know, the shotgun seat and I would wear my seatbelt, obviously. But my mum had this reflex where whenever whenever there was like she would you know, she would break really, you know, really harshly, she would just yeah, she would but put she her, would
0: extend her right arm. And would like like I arm. will protect you.
1: But she did it. Hitting me. It was not (laughs) so much an arm extension as it was just like a punch. Just elbowed
0: over the head. Yeah,
1: it was like (laughs) pretty strong. And the thing is, she wouldn't have had to do that in the first place if she weren't driving like a bloody maniac. Like, she's driving like just a foaming at the mouth, crazy person. And then she goes, eh, just breaks, hits me across the chest. I'm like, ow. And she's like, I'm sorry. It's just, I can't control my instincts. I have to protect my child. It's like, how about you don't drive then? You know, it's just... So, but the thing is, and I have this, actually, I have a bit, I don't know if you've heard it, but I have a bit have about, Mexican, about Mexican mums, which is this thing of, like and i what i say is um my mum is not mexican but the good, the good thing about being brought up by a non-mexican mum in mexico is that if your mum doesn't educate you the mexican mums of your friends will do that for her And that is a thing that I have seen Mexican mothers do. And I have had the opportunity to see mums in several countries. And when a mother sees a misbehaving child in Australia or in the UK or in Spain, they'll kind of frown. They'll go like, oh, that poor beast child, you know, such terrible manners. Not in Spain, because there's no no such thing as manners there. But like, (laughs) but but, but, you know, in Australia, they'll go like, oh, God, you know, maybe they'll nudge their child and go, don't be like that child and so on. But in Mexico, Mexican mums will feel entitled, nay, they will feel the duty to educate this child and lecture this child and scold this child no, that doesn't bring him belong back into to them the fold. and doesn't belong to them. And whenever I wouldn't say please or thank you, because in my house, we didn't really say please or thank, or thank you that much. You know, when I would visit one of my friends, their mums would go like, excuse me. But we say please and thank you in this house, and I would return to my parents, and I would genuinely tell them, "Why can't you raise me right?" (laughs) Like my friend's mum's, my friends, my friends' mum. You don't say this in your stand-up. This
0: is actually a funny part. No, but it's true. Like
1: my friend's mum scolded me all the time, like with the the elbows on the table and the napkin and the blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's a lot of.
0: I mean. (sighs) God. I'm pretty sure having dinner with the Queen of England is less of a hassle than having dinner <laughs> with a lot of Mexican moms.
1: Yeah, except that the Queen of England is probably more interesting. Like a Mexican mum, I don't know, she's really old. Yeah, but still, I mean, she has kingdoms. Does your mum have kingdoms?
0: Everything the light touches.
1: <laughs> Very good. They have no. They have no boundaries, Mexican moms. And I have to. I have to say this. Uh, I have. I have a feeling that part of the reason, because I've seen, like, you know, the Jewish mother trope. Yes. You know, I have a feeling that the Jewish mother is actually quite similar to the Mexican mother in many respects. And I think that is why the sitcom The Nanny, or one of the reasons why the sitcom The Nanny was so fucking popular in this country and i will not talk more about it because maybe we should talk about the nanny at some I point i am
0: writing that as a as a possible episode as in the we speak. because the nanny is, yeah i totally agree i watched the nanny with my mom and my grandma uh growing up and it was just yeah but the thing is uh, like if you see a lot of uh mexican mom things across uh mexican mom, mom things across certain cultures i think um especially um uh, like,
1: like everyone likes to. Speak anyone, to their mom's anyone, the mom's special. Anyone, around,
0: everyone, all the cultures, like from the tropics to the equator, have moms that are kind of like this. I love my mom. My mom is a great mom, of course. But my mom, like the other day, told me, the other day being like a couple years ago, but she told me, like she was, she was feeling kind of sad, so I was talking to her and whatever, and she told me, you know what I want, Martin? And I'm like, what? And she's like, I would just like. For your I have an older brother and a younger sister, so he's like, I would have just liked for your brother to remain eighteen, for you to remain remain fourteen, and for your sister to remain seven for the rest of her lives. So you would have never left the house. And I'm like, Mom, that is not a healthy thing to want. It's
1: not a come on, but I think it's not my mum has said similar things to me, although she chooses a different age. I don't know why your mum wants you to remain a teenager because I don't think my mum would ever want me to remain a teenager. Like, I was
0: the most on. I, I was the most boring teenager. Oh, then that. Right. And then I loved cooking, and I loved helping my mom in the kitchen. I was, I was my mum's first daughter.
1: And there's also the thing of, and this is something that maybe you can shed some light on. But like, I have seen that there is a very special relationship between Mexican mums and their gay sons it's, like it does happen i'm not gonna say that it happens all across the board because exactly. obviously there's some the, awful stories the, the, thing, stories, is, the but, thing is but, it's like, a little
0: bit uh, and, and of course that's the one that you remember the most but it's a kid it's kind of uh, a little bit uh black or white in which the mom basically acts like oh my god this is my daughter to the point that some gay guys are like mom i am in fact a man or the other part which is like you are dead to me how could you uh, I don't know what accent that was, but it was. An it attempt. was. It was.
1: This. This was Martin León's impression of Dracula having a case that you are dead to me, Please You know, I will You live. are dead to
0: me you because can you want to suck his penis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should be sucking the blood of women, and instead you are sucking a man's penis. Aww. You anyway. can no longer come to my house to count numbers.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, Mexican moms, Mexican stereotype for the day. So let's get to the main course, and that's just the way I'm gonna be introducing the main theme of each episode from now on. People. Because Mexico, why wouldn't we like a good food analogy? Like, exactly. Which, what
1: Mexican doesn't like a good food analogy? Honestly, a bad Mexican. Well, yeah, and we just Mexican can't deal with that. You exactly. Know? Oh my
0: god, if we. we I, I was gonna tell you that we need to start at the podcast with like we are the Mexican, we are Mexicans because we're Mexican. And we just can't.
1: Well, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll walk myself out. I'll just... like no, I'll fine. Just...
0: If you're going to walk yourself out, walk to the tamales guy who I can hear him. There he comes.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Just in time.
1: I like to think he comes for me. I mean, I think all gay people like <laughs> For to whom think... the tamale man comes <laughs> yeah. I like to
0: think all gay men Like to think that all men
1: come for them But really, is he, is he coming for, them?
0: for me? Oh my god, but the thing is Now I imagine you're, you're like waiting at the door You know, just the wind A, a, <laughs> no! a soft breeze Just like moving your blonde hair you and, then, and then leave? the wind carries the noise Tamales calentitos, etc And you're just He's finally here And then you go down and buy a tamal, and this is very flirty because you're, you know, you're, you can't really, it's gonna happen because you have a boyfriend and he probably has a wife.
1: He probably has a wife, but, you know, he's got. But for that. But he's got tamales. My boyfriend hasn't got tamales. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. And there's this
0: moment where he hands you your tamal that your, your fingers just lightly brush each other. Do you like tamales? I love tamales. Aren't they amazing? I'm going to tell you this quick thing about tamales,
1: and I like to think... It, it reminds me of that every time I hear the tamale guy. I'm going to give him a name at some point, but it's just the tamale guy whom I love. My my unrequited love. It's, it's a very Victorian thing, like, <laughs> Say, Lady Ashford, have you heard... <laughs> <laughs> have you heard this gentleman caller coming with exotic foodstuffs from across the pond, and so on? So I was fanning myself while I was doing that, but yeah, no, you have to, I, you have to know this. I don't know if this is happening in every city in the U.S., but if it's not, it should, and I think we should actually adopt it here. Um, late at night, when I would go to stand-up bars in Chicago, eventually a tamale guy would come in. At around 2 to 3 in the morning, selling the most amazing, very authentic tasting, I have to say, very authentic tasting Mexican tamales. Uh, In the, you know, in in the corn leaf, everything, everything completely authentic. And they would, you know, they would sell them for like very little because they're actually quite cheap to make. And the fantastic thing about tamale is like it's a meal. Yeah. It's an actual meal. Nicely packed. I don't know why astronauts are not like... <laughs> honestly, because it's an actual meal and they will come in and when, you know, and things are so expensive in Chicago in the States in general. Yeah. So I was And I was converting peso to to dollars. So yeah. for me, it was like... And you were just with,
0: bleeding he money. He would
1: come in and everyone would just swarm around him and would just like sit at the bar and the people at the bar wouldn't care because it's... A, American bars don't really serve food. They no. serve like...
0: No, no, Thingies. You know? Yeah, like the right stuff. Right like they buy frozen, and a and them.
1: many of the of the uh, stand-up places they they just like dive bars they'll say they'll give you peanuts maybe you know and this these guys would come in and everyone would just swarm around them and everyone would sit back at the bar or at the table with a piping hot Tamal mm-hmm. and keep watching comedy and I thought that was brilliant
0: well, like- I have good news for you uh at the open mic I don't I don't, I don't know how you haven't noticed the, the because like the tamale guy, not no. with the not with the noise. But I've he in, that guy? He comes in his bike on his bike, not in his bike, and he will you know sell tamales. I've noticed And, that he, guy, and here yeah. in Mexico, they buy they sell them inside a torta. Inside, they make your tamale, yeah, tamale sandwich, which is essentially tamale Which uh, is it's just carved up and carb I don't like tortas. Oh of tamales. God, it's glorious. wajolotas they're called. I don't. Anyway, we've talked about tamales. Wait. far too long. Too long yeah? And we missed National Tamale Day in the US for like a couple weeks. Was there a National Tamale Day? Yes.
1: It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. I this was it's... such a brilliant idea. All places in Mexico, all places in Mexico. But I'll tell you about this. Mexican food is this thing where it doesn't matter for me. Are going to write
0: tamale? I don't,
1: I don't Look, fuck off. Look, fuck off. I care about this. I care about this. And I, have, I, I have something to say. I have something to say about this. I'm sorry. But I think tamale is one of the most perfect foods ever known to man. And the, the idea that you're in the middle of a bar, you're waiting for your turn at the, you know turn the, the open mic, and someone literally walks up to you and offers you an amazing tamale for like no money. And you get to eat it. And nobody gives a fuck. The guy at the bar was eating one. Like, nobody cares. And we should just let them in. We should just let them in. This would stimulate the economy.
0: Like, I think we should do this. Like, Do you can... think if Trump tasted a tamale? Is, do you think that that's a problem? Like, maybe if Trump just tasted one, he'd be like, oh, Mexico's fine.
1: I think if Trump tasted a tamale, he would just be like, this cake is, is tastes funny. You know, it's just like, <laughs> this cake tastes funny. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, does he know what a tamale is? Can he spell tamale?
0: Can he spell anything? Can he spell anything at all? (laughs) Either the word or anything.
1: I just had a tamale and they forgot the whipped cream. Sad. I don't
0: know. (laughs) There was a tasty recipe, you know, in the BuzzFeed side, tasty for an Oreo tamale. Uh, (laughs) I'm laughing at Luis Augusto's face. But anyway. I am disgusted. I'm going to make you an Oreo tamale. I'm going to make
1: you leave. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, um, so, our topic for the day, our main course for the day, we're going to
0: talk about uh well, I have the theme as uh camp gay versus straight gay or fem versus masculine gay. Not because we're going to, you know, bring two of them to a, into a fight that will turn into a porn movie. That would
1: be one hell of a fight though. Uh,
0: it's called porn. It's called men.com. What the? F-
1: what kind of fucked up porn are you watching that people are well, fighting? A lot. What do you mean? <laughs> a lot. Well, a lot, now that you mention it.
0: Uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, porn, the wrestling porn I've watched since I was 15. Uh, but, um, yeah, so the thing is, people. Uh, let me choose the subject. Um, the As gay men, just as straight men, come... In a variety of sizes and flavors, we are a diversity of gay men.
1: We are a veritable fruit
0: basket. Exactly. Of men. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, traditionally, you see uh, gay men being portrayed either as very very femme, uh, or, or meaning effeminate, or very very mask, meaning masculine, and usually these two they don't see eye to eye. Uh, in some in some pieces, yeah, they're kind of like you know they, they and there and then there's the pieces in which you have the the couple where one of them is obviously you know it's a straight guy writing a gay couple, so one of them has to be really feminine and the other other one has to be really masculine. Yeah. Uh, but that means that in the in the day to day, it seems like people always want to like measure how much how much of a man you are, even though. You are gay.
1: Yeah, it's just. I think it's as a general trope, the idea of gays being divided into stereotypically masculine or feminine roles is. uh, I. You know what? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. uh, Maybe I'll. I'll get hate mail. Oh God! I hope I get hate mail because I'll I'll get mail (laughs) (laughs) of some kind.
0: But it'll be like an actual letter through the mail.
1: A letter, yes. (laughs) Dear (laughs) sir or madam. It is with a heavy heart that I write this. It comes from the 19th century. look, I get the dichotomy. I get why people write it. I get why people believe in it. Because you will always put things in terms that you can understand. And I think each and every one of us is guilty of doing that to something or someone. So... People, you know, I've heard people here in Mexico make comparisons which are not entirely accurate between the, the, you know, the, the injustice with which um, the system treats uh, original, original peoples or you know, indigenous peoples here in Mexico and the injustice that black people face in the United States. Now, are those two things related? Not really, not historically. They're, they actually have very different There's an overlap. The,
0: there's, there's a Venn diagram.
1: Exactly. There's a Venn diagram, and sometimes you just have to take that Venn diagram and use it to understand things that you wouldn't otherwise understand. So, is it a generalization? Absolutely. Is it wrong? Factually, maybe yes. Like I'm pretty sure that someone,
0: you know, and uh... I mean the thing is, as as with a lot of stereotypes, yeah. it it comes from somewhere, and and the idea of a dichotomy comes from the fact that we have, you know, it it, it affects, you know, not only. Uh, Gay men, it affects gay and women of all sexualities. Oh my God, People are always going to be like, are you butch or are you femme? Are you this or are you that? Are you sensitive? It
1: affects straight men too. Exactly. You do get straight men who are divided between the macho guy who does whatever the fuck he wants, goes out with his Mm. friends, gets sloshed every single night, and then the guy who is doing the dishes for his wife. And again, they're treated as two different separate types of men.
0: And this idea that if you are, you know, it's like if you are a quote unquote jock and you like sports and beer and whatever, exactly. then you cannot have a more, uh, you know, you, you know, it is a loaded word, but a more sensitive side in which you have artistic interest and you know about, uh, you know, art history. You cry
1: in public. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Um, it's actually really funny because this guy, uh, the the from Parks and Recreation, uh, Ronson, I think it's called. Oh yes. Mark Ronson. No, that's the guy that sings with um, I'm, I'm Bruno sure Mars. Gonna, but he I mean the thing is uh, his character is this very he very masculine and he's very like, I don't care what you what you think I'm gonna mean, do stone faced. Exactly. Yeah and then one day he just tweeted that he went to like a concert I forget whose concert it was like a R&B singer and he cried at that concert because he found it to be very beautiful and some men tweeted him like oh you, you've like ruined the character you traitor me. yeah uh, and it's like well, why would that ruin why would a, a person finding beauty in something else uh, ruin anything for you yeah and it's this idea that if you are masculine there there's a whole world of things that you are not allowed to have And the opposite side is not not only are you not allowed to have them, you are not... You, you, you can't have them. Like, this idea that a femme person be whatever their gender and, and sexuality, uh, like, you're femme, therefore you are weak. Well, no, I mean, there's, I, I've met a lot of femme, femme guys who will kick your ass. Who will throw, they have quite a right hook. Yeah, yeah. it's just, yeah, no, it's true. Um, the thing is, you know,
1: I mean, I think it all comes down to, like, first of all, there is the idea, there is the, The logistical part of the sexual relationship between two men, which really, I mean, traditionally at least, requires someone to be physically penetrating someone else. And this is obviously... A big reminder of the most common way that people penetrate each other, which is penis to vagina. So making the jump from anus to vagina in that sexual sense is not really that difficult. It's like someone and then obviously come all these different implications that therefore, if you're being fucked rather than being the the fucker, I guess, if you're the (laughs) fucky as opposed to the fucker, then uh, you are more feminine. Which, by the way, let me just, you know, be on record as saying, fuck no, like, holy fuck is bottoming hard. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, it's so, it for me, I've, I've, I've met a lot of men who really love it, and they like it, and it's great yeah. for them, and I, I'm, I'm so happy, I'm so happy for them, and I admire them, because it takes strength of character, and will, and just a zen-like, release of all things mortal and physical and just like transcending into a different plane for me it's just it's it's sort of i've done it it's difficult i like it sometimes but it's
0: yeah difficult. um so just like being gay i mean there's the the no social connotation uh definition of being homosexual which is a person who's attracted to people of their own gender exclusively cuz it's on the same as bisexual or pansexual uh, and then there's the fact that homosexual homosexual and gay became an identity so now you were not only gay as in you like people of your own gender but uh, being gay implies discrimination being gay implies certain amount of camp certain certain hangouts certain you know there was a there was a shared culture among uh, gay people that some actual some gay people define themselves against that gay culture and Topping and bottoming has the same thing. There's the just no judgment thing, whatever, which is, you know, if you're topping, you're the one penetrating and you're bottoming, you're the one being penetrated. And that's it. And that's it. That's That's it. It, It, you know, be be you, are you... Maybe you have a dick, maybe you're doing it with a strap on, but you are, you are penetrating and someone's being penetrated. And that's it. And that's, there's the, the
1: idea that, and this is something that I also like, I like to talk about because a lot of people think that the only way a gay relationship between two men or between people in general mm-hmm. is through penetration. And I happen to know of several couples who choose to do without. Yeah. That they, they just look at, Anal like, there's sex. so
0: many ways to so many ways. to uh, yeah. find sexual pleasure with someone else Like, it, in fact, I this is something I've been trying to work into my stand-up But straight people don't like it Which is, you know, like uh, I, I, I really think, you know, that uh, g- gay people just invented fun sex You know, like Before that, it was just, you know, like Penis vagina, Look, that's it Lie back and think of England <laughs> <laughs> Exactly But yeah. um, but in the end, and I, and this is why I love, uh, sex positive, uh, media of any sort, which is saying like, uh, your sexual organs aren't limited to your genitals. Like, yeah. it, and a sexual experience doesn't have to be, cause that's the other thing. You can in fact, uh, sexually abuse someone. Without ever, you know, taking the clothes off. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, but that's a topic for another a, for another podcast. That's
1: a whole other thing, um, yeah.
0: But what I was going for is, you know, there's the... Just definition. You're, you're topping or you're bottoming, and that means you're either penetrating or being penetrated. And that's it. Yeah. And But then in come all these cultural ideas and these things you've been told and things you believe... And things you grew up with, because for me, I, like, most of the gay media consumed growing up was, uh, Japanese manga, yaoi. And in those, in those media, especially when you went into fan art and fanfic, always, like, the smaller, um, there was a smaller, Pretty, prettier, yeah. you know, Thin as a stick, you know, uh, very, very gentle. He's the bottom, and then then you have who's in Joey, is called the Uke, and you have the Seme, who is this guy who's like two meters tall, wider than a than a truck, you know, and he's of course he's the top, and you know, and and you don't even to the point where you this isn't even questioned, like with, like they don't go into the, into the bathroom thinking thinking oh what's gonna happen no. It's it's just there. So for me, growing up, it like took me a while for me to um, to really think through the fact that the way, first of all, that that me identifying more as a bottom, uh, there was nothing wrong with me bottoming because for a while I literally thought it was quote unquote anti natural for me to bottom. Ma-
1: Martinez, by the way, you know if you haven't seen I'm the pictures, I'm
0: six foot one and which is one hundred and eighty four centimeters tall. I'm sorry for using the imperial system, Mr. So still Don't hurt me. Oh, Dave. <laughs> no, and it has got a 90, bit. 90, 90, yeah, and the thing. Uh, the thing is now, I, whatever you know, it's like do whatever you want in the bedroom. It's 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 your mm-hmm. how we say in Mexico, haz tu culo un papalote. Make of thine ass <laughs> a, a kite. kite, and let's. Go fly a kite. And I'll stop there because otherwise we won't be able to post this. So anyway, um, so that's what I'm saying. You know, it's this whole thing where a lot of people just bring cultural ideas into sex and that, and that creates this really toxic relationship between, in gay culture, between people who prefer to top and people who prefer to bottom and people who are You know, just organically more masculine acting and organically more feminine acting, and to the point where you know some some gay men really you can see them that that they will they will like just shun anything anything that they deem to be in the slightest way effeminate because it's like of course not I am not that kind of gay
1: or masculine you know some I, I have seen it yes I, yeah there is like, because of course. of course it's easy sometimes it's it's also a thing it's also a thing of like how you present and how you advertise to the world. So if the world is expecting gays to fit a certain mold, then there's, there's gonna be people who are gonna strive to fit that mold. And this is not a bad thing. I don't think so. I don't think it, it comes from a bad, or, or rather, it can be bad, but it doesn't come from a bad place. It's just wanting to fit in. So if people are expecting pretty slight, you know, wifeish looking boys to be Effeminate, then a lot of these boys will act effeminate because there is a certain satisfaction in seeing yourself recognized as what you are, and this is the same. This is the same reason why I'm never gonna I'm never gonna go like I'm never gonna criticize uh, a gay guy for trying too hard at being very femme or trying too hard at being very mask for themselves, because I can see you know I've, I've I can I can even see the links between this and you know like how uh, trans people they will frequently obsess with the slightest, you know, am I raising my hand too much? Am I raising my hand too little? Do I make a fist? Do I not make a fist? Like these very slight social cues that will advertise a certain behavior and a yes. certain identity, therefore, to other people. I think the toxicity comes into play when people are literally uh, discriminating and essentially dividing, you know, and, and we do this a lot, you know, gay men... We actually have camps, so to speak. We have camps where I've seen, you know, I've met gay men who will say like, "No femmes."
0: No oh, fems. you know, there's the that uh, thing in Grindr where you have a whole profile saying "No fats, no femmes," going into racist territory, no Asians, no blacks, whatever. Uh, it, it's really ironic how we outwardly, uh, act, gay activism is about non-discrimination, but then inwardly, there's this whole thing about uh, discriminating each other. And some people say, well, you know, it's my taste, whatever. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's really not only about taste. It's also about, you know, the type of body you've been marketed to find attractive. Because that's the other thing, like, um, just as women, uh, and it's different, but, you know, When, as a maybe young gay guy, you start, uh, consuming, uh, gay media, especially before where you just, like, took whatever gay magazine you could and hid it under your bed, um, the, the bodies that would advertise there, they were, you know, fit bodies, they were, you know, and it was this idea of if you want to fit in, in this place, you have to look a certain way. And for a lot of, uh, for a lot of people, um, when you go into a gay space, it's very different to come into a gay space as a young man, uh, as an attractive, as a stereotypically attractive young man than as anything... Nuns And, you know, and this also happens, like, for example, uh bodies, Asian bodies and Latino body, bodies, like Latino gay men often have to uh, live up to the standard of the macho Latino, you know, like, oh, papi, damelo todo. Uh, black men. Ha- and, and this is, and this is tropes that are repeated in our porn and in our fiction and in our gay comedy sketches and everything. Yeah. And meanwhile, Asians have like, <laughs> you know, they. Have the complete well, not complete opposite, but they have other expectations. And nowadays, like a lot of men of all colors and sizes are um, challenging these notions. But for a long while, it was just something that, and even now, older gay people just say like, "Well, what's wrong with that?" And it's like, "Well, it's wrong because it's a false stereotype."
1: <laughs> it's a false stereotype, and and it does it does hurt people. I do think, and it's look. What do you identify as any of these, or have people identified you as any of these two? The thing is, for example, stereotypes.
0: I have this weird dichotomy because in straight circles, I'm basically camp. I am, you know, because I, I paint my nails, and for my straight friends, it's like, oh my god, gender is shattered. Martine is wearing a lovely. I don't know what colour that is. This is like a burnt purple, and then I have a copper nail, because I do this thing where one of my nails is another colour, because I'm quirky. Okay. But with my gay guys, I am the most... Not the most straight-acting at all. I am very much femme in most... Not very much femme. I I am quite comfortable... Comfortably effeminate. Like, I talk with my hands. I will, you know, I have certain... Things that I do that people, and in a way, it's for me to not have to deal with the question, is he gay? Like, I just do this because
1: you're advertising because it, I'm yeah. out and I don't yeah. care.
0: Uh, at this, the same, the, and the other, the other coin of the other side of that coin is that in some places, I will be really afraid to uh, be myself. Um, so I identify more myself more as femme, but again, while, while my, with my straight friends, they're like, oh my god, Martin is basically. Uh, you know going against all gender roles with my gay friends. It's like whatever that other guy is in full drag and That guy has you know face full of makeup and not like uh, not uh, Not Katya makeup Trixie Mattel makeup, you know, it's uh, And it's you know people will cross res- whatever so when I go there in jeans and a t-shirt the fact that my nails are painted It's like that's cute Oh, That's cute. That's really cute. Try harder, uh, and I do want to. And, and I do want to do more. Um, I want to. I I want to have the balls sewer skirts more. But then, when you are walking around at night in some places, you're like, maybe this is not a place for me to be advertising. Uh, hey, are you up for a hate crime? No, no, it's, it's true.
1: But then again, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna crucify you over sometimes dialing down the
0: gay. Because I mean, it's a survival mechanism. It's, it's
1: a survival mechanism, but I'm also going to say, like, it's a survival mechanism, but everybody does it gay, straight. Like, everybody dials down certain aspects of their personality, depending on the social situation. And I'm not going to go saying, oh, but yeah. we should all be genuinely ourselves for any situation. No. no. I work, like, in my line of work, I but do that's, expect but that's the thing. professionalism. I do expect professionalism. And sometimes that includes, I'm sorry, I love your skirts. Love them. I love them to pieces but you cannot wear something that is going to be distracting to people. And I know that it shouldn't be distracting to people. I know that. But,
0: but that's kind of thing, because uh, I know I this from my mom when she was in college. Like, she had to, uh, you know, this was when women were starting to wear pants. So, like, a woman alone couldn't just wear pants uh, to to university because she would be, you know, red to, to filth. But rather, like, they would all get together and say, tomorrow we're all wearing pants. So they the next day, all women wore pants. So, that, you know, like... So that's the other thing, like... On the one hand I get that like a skirt is distracting, but the other hand, I understand that the way to make it to And of course you know and, and again it's, it's not yeah. it's not like you're gonna go if you're at work and you're wearing like a sensible knee length skirt, that's fine. If you're at work and you're wearing one of like your balls are showing, like that's usually I mean depending on where you work, but But that's
1: the thing, there's a line somewhere. Yeah. There's a line somewhere. And there's
0: always line. And we shouldn't hate the but, line.
1: We should just hate what happens when people cross it.
0: But I think we do have not hate the line. We have to understand the line is artificial, and the line is there not because it magically it was was there put there magically, but because there are there are forces on both sides constantly pushing one way or the other. And if you stop pushing on your side, they're gonna start winning on the other side. Uh, oh,
1: you're gonna hate me for what I'm gonna say
0: <clears throat> yes. I just
1: I, I disagree. I I don't, I don't think because okay from an ev- evolutionary standpoint we as human things we as the human species we prospered because there were certain things that we started to do together that's essentially that's what we've got as humans the togetherness of us there's literally nothing else going for us yeah we, we are don't
0: community we're else. not
1: we're not fast we don't have you know, poison, unless you're Bianca Del Rio, but we don't don't have any, like, one of these cool powers that animals have, that uh, animals have, like, we don't camouflage and we don't fly and, you know, these things the only thing that we have is our capacity to communicate and do the same thing at exactly the same time, whether it is understanding a complicated concept or building some kind of structure or whatever. But we have this capacity. Now, this capacity was refined for millions and millions and millions of years of evolution. So... A part of us is waiting for that line. A part of us is waiting for the rest of the people to do a thing. So to just say, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to challenge perceptions, because they have been challenged in the past, and great things can come from challenging these perceptions. I think they can. But to say that conforming is a bad thing is negating the fact that conforming is actually a great thing. It's
0: what allowed us to survive. I mean, conformity
1: is what yeah, builds but, humanity.
0: But what built progress was the other thing. Like, if we just conform with what we have, we would still have what we had when we started. When we started, no. With.
1: The idea is that we can conform, and like not everything,
0: conform. most advances uh, were at some point seen as an attack on the status quo, an attack on what was, you know, seen as this is this is as far as we get, and going forward is against the gods. Um, And that's why I'm saying that, that, yeah, I agree with the part that we are community animals and that, that, yes, and evolutionarily we have our community to thank for survival. That's true. But what I was saying is culturally, like every culture right now in the world... Uh, Mexico has its line, the US has its line, uh, Saudi Arabia has its line. Every single, like, even between Mexico City and other places in Mexico, the line is in different places. Yes. Uh, and that's what I was saying. And, and what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that conforming is bad. And because in a way, you know, what some of the things that, uh, the LGBTQ people are fighting for is we want the right to conform. Like, for example, the right for marriage, the right for, um, and yeah. that there are so many LGBT people who are so against the idea yeah, of the yeah, marriage yeah, yeah. that they
1: will say, "Like, there's your be- very bestie Milo Yiannopoulos, who ha- who makes a very good argument. I'm not going to say it's a humane argument or anything else, but it it is a good argument for the fact that he says marriage is not for us. It's never been for gay men.
0: No, it's but 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 marriage existed for I gay men agree.
1: before. I'm not saying I agree. I'm saying I see you his didn't, point. You
0: come into my podcast no. and you quote. Milo fucking Yan. Did you see him when he went to this guy... uh, He is a massive cunt. ...in HBO, in the world, you know, trying to be... He is a massive
1: cunt. He is a massive cunt. He's an idiot. But he does, like, when he says, it's not for us, I see why some gay men would agree with that. I see why... No, I... Because why wouldn't you agree to, you know, eschew and maybe even, like, just completely exclude... And a part of society that has excluded you, like why should you want to fight for the right to marry okay. when marriage as an institution has systematically erased okay. you from the book? Two things.
0: Then why is Milo trying to go with the Republican Party, which because has it's an historically? Attention because it's be, an no, attention. because he's a hypocrite. He lies, and he hasn't. The last time you were in a good point, he probably pooped it. But uh, but this is not new because when before Stonewall, before Stonewall, we had the Madasheen Society. You know where those were. Yes. Okay. So there was there was this whole bunch of gay people, both here in Mexico and in the U.S. I'm using the U.S. example because I, I'm sorely misinformed of Mexican LGBTQ history, and I need to put put that to rights. But Mattachine societies where they really say, like, if we're going to be accepted into the straight world, we need to enter the straight world seamlessly. And they had this, like, walks in front of the White House. Like, oh, look at us. We're normal. Assimilation. And they, had, yeah. and, and they, were, they, they were saying, like, we will assimilate. And, we, like, if, if we will not ask for marriage. We will not, we will not ask for you to accept us being uh, being um, affectionate in public. So, literally, they had these, like, marches uh, where men and women in very traditional, at the time, uh, uh, in very traditional of their own gender uh, clothes marched in front of the White House. And they would not allow men to hold hands, because that's like, no, we can't make the straits angry, otherwise they will they will kill us. And they'll be right to kill us, because, you know, uh, and they're not the ones that threw the bricks in Stonewall. In fact, they're the ones who were there, and when the riots started Went back and you know melded back into their wives' and lives in order to, so that's the other thing. Like uh, as far as I can, I can uh, understand why people would conform, and why people uh, will you know accept this thing or like well it's fine we got this far it's fine. On the other hand, the reason why a lot of Let's face it uh, Privileged white gays Now are having You know as much If not just a little bit less privilege Than their straight counterparts Is not because they fought for that But it's rather because it started from the bottom And now nice. that it's you know Now that they have it It's it, trickled down. And, and, it, and this is why my, This is my thing with you know Going back with mask versus camp Is that mask you know They understand that they have a privilege and, and people, and society at large is just way more willing to, like, accept, you know, a mask gay than a femme gay, you know? Definitely. And, for example, I, I did lose friends when I started being... Because when I, when I first came out of the closet, I was very, like, I'm not going to make waves. I'm not going to make my friends uncomfortable. Blah, 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 blah. Not here
1: to ruffle any feathers. Exactly. Just, yeah. And
0: then when I when I said F that, and I just started, you know, like... not And again, just... Moving my hands while I talked, and my friends were sorry, were, were made uncomfortable because it's like, ooh, I'm near a guy who is the slightest bit effeminate. And they were like, well, you know, you could be less gay, and I'm like, could you could be over there. You, you, know? you could just fuck off. Exactly. You,
1: no, I, and I understand the anger. I understand the anger perfectly. <laughs> um, because I've I felt it, I feel it, it's true. Uh, I'm just saying that I, I, I I do see it. I I am the son of anthropologists. I do see these things as taking a very, very long time. And yes, of course we move the line. Of course we, it can be erased and retraced and questioned, but it has to be done in such a way, I think, that everyone agrees to move it. Like the big paradigm shifts. If we talk about, you know, the century of lights, for example, that was a big paradigm shift. The idea, just the idea of state before God. Which was a massive thing, massive, massive thing, and it changed the West completely. That was not one person throwing bricks. There were people throwing bricks back then, but it was rather an entire movement. I hate this word when I'm gonna use it. It was a zeitgeist of people. <laughs> it was a zeitgeist of people beginning to question the line at the same time because that's what, you know, some people would argue that was our next step as a species to move forwards from that.
0: I mean, forward is a really weird uh, way to put it. I I question the idea of moving forward uh, a lot nowadays because, like, what the hell is forward? And when you say here, it's like, yeah, the line moves, blah, blah, but there's always people that don't want the line to be moved. I mean, right now, there there's a Senate advisor woman who on Twitter put, like, just being against homosexuals... No, I'm sorry. Disagreeing with homosexuality isn't homophobia? Well,
1: homosexuality disagrees with her. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um, maybe not. Maybe maybe she, maybe, <laughs> maybe totally agrees with her, and she's like, anyway. Uh, but before we finish, I do want to ask, where do you fall in this spectrum, or where do you consider yourself to fall in this spectrum?
1: It's really funny because I don't fucking know. Like, I've heard people. It's, it's so confusing. Confusing, and then I don't give a fuck. But it's. I've heard people say, "Oh, you're not very femme. You're actually quite," because. And there's the thing, where does it, where is it, where is the line between I am, be, I am trying to be femme or I'm trying to be mask, or this is just my personality. I have a fairly, you know, aside from people I trust or, you know, stand up where I'm, just, you know, becoming more and more genuine with my stand up. Um I have a pretty low key personality. I'm pretty <laughs> mellow. I'm just I'm I'm not a big screamer. I'm a thinker rather than a speaker but most often. So I, I do use my hands a lot when I speak, but I I I think I'm just imitating my father. He was a professor. Yeah, your you,
0: your your hand movements are far more what's the word? Um they have more purpose
1: purpose maybe yeah yeah
0: you're it, it's it, it's you have to look at it, but yeah, it's different to this thing when I do with my hands where I'm just kind of like yeah I'm basically showing off my nails actually which um, is which is absolutely fantastic.
1: but then you know I'm not particularly masculine. I'm. I make no. Like, traditionally masculine. I'm not traditionally. Typically masculine. masculine. I'm not typically masculine. I make no effort to pretend to be. So I don't go like, oh yeah, did you see the match yesterday? No. But then again, sometimes I quite like watching a football match.
0: Did you see the sports? Did you the see the greens beat the
1: reds? Yeah. So it's like sometimes I'll be watching the football match. And I I, won't I love watching sports
0: with my friends. I it's love it so because I get to f- cook for them, but. Uh, but that's also the thing like you can i mean it, it it this crazy idea that you that people have layers and people are multifaceted uh, and, you be, and you can be and that you can be the feminist of the fems and still have a family that has been rooting for the rams for ages so mm-hmm. when they got to super bowl you did drag in ram colors and you Absolutely. were like woo and you could be the maskest of the masks, and still enjoy going to a musical every time. Like, is this idea? This weird idea that people can like things, and that's okay. Exactly, that it's
1: fine. Yeah, but people will try to pigeonhole, to pigeonhole you into yeah, things that they can understand.
0: That's that kind of thing. Like, I don't. What? Like, I like people knowing that I'm gay because it makes homosexuality visible. Do you? Yeah. What I don't like is people thinking that they know me because they know I am gay. That's my problem. Right. It's like it's like oh you're gay so you you must like this like no the the thing you like I told you I liked penis uh, and not even all of it like there's a lot of penis I will not go near. Gay
1: is not a personality. Exactly.
0: Um, so um. I, I, I do think I I mean for me it's important to visit to to give this visibility to 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 gay people especially for uh, gay people that don't feel don't feel visible don't feel seen uh but uh but I do always but I do always have to like be telling people uh it's not it's not everything yeah. just like your heteroers like you being straight isn't the whole, that's this is one of the things I, I've discussed with a lot of people like some straight act people act like if you like one woman you like every woman and just like you have your own tasting yeah. guys and I have my own tasting guys every single like they're are as many ways to be straight as there are as straight well, yeah. men in the world. Absolutely. There are as many ways to be gay, to be bi, to be trans guy, to be whatever, yeah. as there are, you know, any of that in the world. And that's I think that's why I love the idea of diversity. But we are constantly being sabotaged by our, by our own brains who like to say, you know, no, we need the, the most basic definition <coughs> of everything in order for a world to make sense without, you know, everything exploding.
1: No, but I get it. Um, you say, for example, you like people knowing you're gay. I, and this is, this is probably like murky terrain. I don't like people knowing I'm gay. Not because I hate them knowing it, or I dislike them knowing it in the least. I'm fine with them knowing it. It's just that I've, again, I'm not a guy who talks about sex a lot. I'm not a guy who talks about, like, I, I, I like my sex life to be private, even from other gays. Like, I, I just, I, I, yeah. I don't, it's not in my personality to so just, like, oh, you should have seen the size of the Duke. I just, I, I'm not really, like, I'm, I'm seriously the kind of guy who in the, in his group chats, because sometimes group chats are inevitable because this is a fact of life and I hate them, sometimes people will actually start sharing porn and I will actually be the guy that ruins it and say says, like, I'm, I'm not not interested. Like, I don't want to, I don't yeah, want to like see them. porn yeah. in my day-to-day life and, so and then I've had people tell me and I see, and I know why they tell me this. I've had people tell me but then it's a privilege that you're able to interact with people and not have them know immediately that you're gay even though I'm definitely not coded straight and I know
0: that. Yeah, but people give the benefit of the doubt. And you and and you know, I hate you know, I, I hate that a lot of people still use that as a compliment. Oh, but even but even I've yeah. been told like you don't look gay, you which look is gay. like which is when, which, and I think it's because and I say it in my stand-up, not only do I want people to know that I'm gay, I am offended when they think I'm straight, you know. And this is this, and and I know this is a active uh, thing I had at first and now just, which is what you were saying that I wanted to comment of wanting to act more femme or wanting to act more mask. You know, uh, Mama Ru has a great phrase that I love, which is, we are all born naked and the rest is drag. And I think that's the thing. We're all trying to be more of the thing we like. If we like to look at ourselves and, and see more, and we see power as being masculine in a way, we want to look more like that. If that means shirt, you know, like shirts and ties and suits, and well, that's when one you go. If for that, for you, that looks like, uh, you know, a re- really fit body, then that's how you do it. And that, and that's kind of thing, like, in the end, uh, and this is me trying to, like, close with something, you know, corny and stupid. But oh. uh, but but I, I do... I, I'm <coughs> very, very... I'm, I'm losing my patience for people who don't just understand that we're all in our own path. Yeah. And the best thing we can do is just get out of each other's way. Like, if someone wants to be the feminist of the femmes, and you don't like that, it's fine that you don't like that. You know, no one's forcing you to like that. No, yeah. But, you know... But like, but if that person is your friend, if that person isn't, is just doing their own thing, well, then you can say like, go, you you go, you you do, you do your thing. Yeah,
1: even if you don't like it, it's not going to exactly. kill you. It's not going to kill you to let someone be something that you don't like. Exactly. It's having having friends is, you know, there is no way you like everything, every single thing about a, a person. There is no way we are so complicated that there will be things that you don't like about someone. The thing is, you know, when some if you know your friends who told you or. who simply didn't tell you but just withdrew from you because you were acting too femme for them. That's disgusting because it's just like as you say and you said it you put it so well I can't I can't even like you put it so well. It's just This is you doing you. This is you being the person that you want to be. Maybe the person you want to be is really loud and really high-pitched and really, oh my god, Mm -hmm. amazing. And maybe the person I want to be is the quiet guy in the corner who is quite content Mm -hmm. sipping a gin and tonic and just listening to people talk rather than speaking. That's not me making a statement, except a big one, which is, this is me. That's as big a statement as you can make. I exactly. Think. And just and uh, as long as what
0: you want to be is not like a serial killer or a genocide, like don't kill people, don't hurt don't, people, okay, don't, unless yeah, it's uh, consensual. Disclaimer, <laughs>
1: don't murder people, I guess. I mean, you know, we just have to do this because apparently we just have to acknowledge the fact that we are not condoning murder. So yeah, <laughs> we are not condoning murder. We should at some know. point
0: do for an April Fool's thing. We should do my favorite gay murder.
1: My favorite gay murder, oh my god. And yeah, and then and then uh, our goddesses Georgia and Karen are just gonna
0: sue us. are going no, they're gonna notice us and they're gonna be wanna be our friends. Oh anyway. god,
1: oh <laughs> god, I just went so, giddy. Okay.
0: Anyway, um, any final words? Stay safe. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, not not really. I think I, I think this is uh, this is a conversation that we must have, guys. If you feel this conversation bubbling forth have it. It's okay. Most of the gays I know, they're quite happy to explain to you why they like the things that they like. And they will say, I like being this way. I like wearing this makeup or I like wearing this nail polish. Maybe because it makes a statement. Maybe because it's pretty. Maybe because it makes my fingers look look less like cocktail sausages. I don't know. But like, actually, that's the colour. I just realized. Cocktail sausage. That's what you're wearing. That's what you're wearing. I hadn't realized it. I hadn't realized it. It's cocktail sausage. Bitch. Yeah, well, you know...